The Cincinnati Bengals have made it to the Super Bowl. And as you can imagine, our co-host, Justin Tucker, the Ravens fan, is the most thrilled out of all of us. <laughs> I'm so happy. But anyway, uh, you are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88, Dean Radio. I am Adam Wright, along with Justin Tucker and CJ Medeiros. So for, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, seeing all these new features that we have and all the new graphics, I can explain. All right, so we are now affiliated with a new organization called Fans Only Sports Network, and they have been kind enough to offer us a new platform to stream to stream on called StreamYard with all these new features and all this other different stuff you're going to see in a little bit. Uh, but uh, so no, we are now live streaming on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter through Fans Only Sports. So a big thank you to them for helping with renovating our show. But since we're getting all these new listeners from their, uh, from their platform, uh, why don't we all reintroduce ourselves? Uh, so either of you guys want to go first? CJ, you can go first. Always gracious. Thank you, Justin. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm uh, CJ Medeiros. Uh, you know, obviously co-host on the Fun Ruski podcast. You know, powered by Power 88. I'm a Pats fan along with Adam and uh, current sports broadcasting major, Dean College, much like my friend Adam. Justin? All right. They saved the best for last. My name is Justin Tucker, a.k.a. the best Ravens fan on earth. I am a psychology major, uh, and uh, I've been doing this since day one with Adam Wright. So my name is Adam Wright, and I'm also a co-founder of the Fumble Rooski podcast, along with Justin. And uh, Justin, you mentioned saving the best for last. Uh, I actually am going last, so thanks for the compliment. Oh. Anyways, you know, so I'm a sports broadcasting major, and I I come in to listen to – I'm doing this podcast because I love talking about sports. I want to invest a career in that. I am a passionate Patriots fan and all other Boston sports as well. But I love football and I love talking about it. And I love learning about the league and, t- and sharing with everybody our knowledge and sh- and giving ev- all the news, getting all the news out and everything and sharing content. So it's all great. Um, but anyways, since now that you guys have gotten to know us, we this is going to be a great show. And so the Super Bowl matchup is set. We will have our fan box segment as always. We'll touch on Tom Brady's now official retirement, the 49ers who are in a little quarterback controversy. Uh, But first, let's start by talking about what was another great weekend of the NFL postseason in the conference championships. So we'll start with the AFC championship where the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Kansas City Chiefs by a final score of 27 to 24, advancing to their first Super Bowl since 1988. They pull off the upset. So the Chiefs led by as much as 18 points in the second quarter. The Bengals came all the way back and won in overtime. Uh, Mahomes threw three touchdowns in the first quarter and a half of play and was limited for the rest of the game to three total points and also threw two picks. And Joe Burrow is in the Super Bowl in his second year in the league and first full year starting. And meanwhile, Mahomes, he took three years to make the Super Bowl and win it. So bear with me now. But is there a case that can be made 
that Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes? No. Let's calm that down there. He has to win the Super Bowl first before we can make that claim. Until that happens, that's not an argument. Nobody, Nobody is better than Patrick Mahomes at this moment in time. Tom Brady just retired. Aaron Rodgers laid an egg in the divisional round. So as far as I'm concerned, Patrick Mahomes is number one right now. Let's let's calm down here. He had a bad game in the AFC Championship game. He had a phenomenal first half, uh, laid an egg in the second half, but he had a good first half, and he has a Super Bowl ring and two Super Bowl appearances on his resume. So let's calm down a bit with this Patrick Mahomes-Joe Burrow debate just because Joe Burrow had a decent game against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I would not say Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes in any way, shape, or form. I mean, after remember, Mahomes won the MVP in the second season, no? Mm-hmm. He did. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, so, I mean, I would say pump that break a little bit. There's a possibility, but you could make a case that Patrick Mahomes was the better quarterback in that game. But that being said... Mahomes did also kind of blow it, you know? Completely fell flat, like sacked a few times in the second half. Relegated three points of offense. That only came in the fourth quarter to send the game to overtime. And Mahomes threw that pick in overtime, although that you could make a case that really wasn't his fault. But either way, it's not a ball that should have been thrown. All right. So I I understand everybody saying at first, hell no. You know, this team is, this team, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes is the great, the, is the best quarterback in the league right now in the past two years. He is, you know, he's the king. I completely understand all of that. He won MVP in his first, in his first season starting, in his first, in his uh, second year in the league. However, he was also graced with an incredible roster, right? He had... He, he cool. had Tyree Kill to throw to. He has mm-hmm. and still does. And Travis Kelsey. And on top of that, he has a great offensive line. That's something that uh, that's something that what's his name uh, that Joe Burrow doesn't have. And he's still and he still had a, a great season. And he's on his way to the Super Bowl in his second year in the league. And you know it if they if he wins the Super Bowl and if he's able to. Uh, to build up sort of a, a, a pedigree here, I can see a real case that Tom that uh, sorry, that Joe Burrow uh, could be better than Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying he is now; he has a lot to prove. But Joe Burrow is in his second year in the league. Patrick Mahomes is in his fourth year in the league. So he mm-hmm. has. So Joe Burrow is just young. He has some time. But I think I think there's a real case to be made, and people are just afraid to make it. To be honest. There's not really much of a case. You want to talk about Patrick Mahomes' weapon? It's not like Joe Burrow's devoid of those weapons. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. He actually even has a better running game than Patrick Mahomes ever did with Joe Mixon in the backfield. So it's not like he has. That's not true. Kareem Hunt. He had him for half a season. He had him for a full season, one full season, and that was the the quarterback. What's that? He wasn't the quarterback. Yes, he was. Alex Smith was. No, he wasn't. In 2018, Kareem Hunt was Kareem the Hunt. starting quarterback. Kareem Hunt was there for half the season and got booted out once he, you know, did his thing. I, I, hang, I'm hang telling on. you. 
I'm right, talking, right, right. You're, you're, yeah. That my mistake. But that's still, that's still half a season. That's a, that's a that's long not time. A whole season. Joe Burrow had that for a whole season. That's consistency. Well, he didn't that's have true. that for a whole season. Let me Look, let me point I mean, out that. Let's just reopen were, this case. You know when if Joe Burrow wins a Super Bowl, if he wins, then sure, make all the comparisons you want. But until then, this is just a case that we'll have to wait and see. Sure, it sure is, and that that is that is what this topic is about. Is that you know we it's going to be a it's going to be a while where these these two quarterbacks are going to be around for a very long time. I'm just talking about can we make the case, and can we make a case sometime down the road, because Joe Burrow is just starting out. And he wasn't he wasn't introduced into a better a good situation like Patrick Mahomes was. He was kind of a bridge, he, you know. They had Alex Smith, who was a bridge quarterback. They had a very good defense at the time, uh, when when Alex Smith was in the league. I know the it was a little spotty once Patrick Mahomes took the reins, but that offense was incredible. He had a great offensive line to play behind. That's something that Joe Burrow didn't really have when he first start when he uh, when he first started. And he still doesn't have a great offensive line. Now the offensive weapons are great, but I think it evens out when you ha- when you add in the offen- the uh, offensive the uh, offensive line troubles. So I think you- I think there's a case to be made here. I do. Did I convince you, Justin? No, you didn't. It's either you're underestimating Patrick Mahomes or you're overestimating Joe Burrow's help. It's one you of the not two. Not me either. There might be a case to be made eventually, but for now, this is literally we will have to wait and see. It's far too early. All right. Well, coming up next, uh, we're going to talk about the NFC Championship and Matthew Stafford making his first Super Bowl. That'll be up next. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88. I'm Adam Wright with Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros on our debut on StreamYard, affiliated with Fans Only Sports Network. And so the Rams beat the 49ers in the NFC Championship a year from the day they traded for quarterback Matthew Stafford. This is Stafford's first Super Bowl berth in his 13-year career. Uh, so, what does a Super Bowl victory mean for Matthew Stafford's legacy? CJ? Frankly, I think it would be great for his legacy. I'm not saying it would promote him to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but it would put him in the Hall of Fame discussion. For years, he has just fallen by the wayside in the wasteland of a franchise known as the Detroit Lions. Good but not great. He could only take his team so far before the horrible course of characters around him, save for Calvin Johnson, let him down in the playoffs. But now he's got a star-studded roster, and he's proving that with the right help, he can be the quarterback everyone thought he was. Now, we'll have to wait and see if he wins the Super Bowl, but Matt Stafford is kicking butt and taking names. I mean, look, he literally broke the Niners' curse. Remember how I said... The Niners are kind of like, you know, let's say the Niners are to the Rams what the Dolphins are to the Patriots. You know, the Niners, no matter how injured they are, no matter who's starting at what position, no matter the time of the year, no matter anything, they're 6-0 they're and o in their last 
six meetings. You know, that's three seasons straight where the, the Niners have swept the Rams. Stafford knows that, got swept by them this season, rolls up to the playoffs. He, Cooper Cup, and the gang deliver a victory. And Stafford is showing that he can do it in Detroit. I mean, in L.A. He can get it done. And if he snatches this ring, like I said, this will do wonders for his legacy. And not first ballot, but maybe, just maybe, with the state of the Hall of Fame, you know, pretty much London, anyone, he could make it in. And let me tell you something. There are people that are saying Matt Ryan has a case. And Matt Ryan is a case, and Stafford wins. I would say Stafford certainly does. Okay. As far as Matt Ryan's Super Bowl victory, if he actually pulls this off and wins this, it makes me think of two things. Number one, Matt Matt Stafford deserves to be in the Super Bowl. And number two, the city of Detroit is cursed. There's no there's no his first season gone and he wins a Super Bowl. That that is still unbelievable. The curse of Bobby Bobby Green still exists. But at, if you take the totality of his career and you look at his resume, he actually has a pretty solid body of work, and it'll only improve once he continues to do it within Los Angeles. I believe if he continues his career with Sean McVay and with the pieces surrounding that offense, I believe he has the potential to finish his career top 10 in passing yards, top 10 in touchdowns, and top 10 in completions. I'm not sure about completion percentage, but I believe those three would be insured just because of his arm talent. Not sure where, where he'll be as far as like wins and losses or whatever. But if he gets this done, I think he'll have enough going forward to at least make a conversation for the Hall of Fame. He has everything else. He has the talent around him to win the Super Bowl. He has the the city around him. I think the only thing he needs to, is to actually win this thing now. And if he wins this, I think it gives him that Hall of Fame case that's it makes it more of a closed case for him. So I'm I'm going to go with Justin here. You know, this is if if he were to if he were to win the Super Bowl here, uh he he can make a legitimate case for making the Hall of Fame one day. And he would uh, he would certainly need a little bit more of a, a pedigree, some more some more stat records, all of that stuff, and that's something that he can get here in La, here in Los Angeles, but uh, a Super Bowl victory would put him a, a hell of a lot closer, would it not? You know, you have um, he. I mean, even when he was in Detroit, lowly Detroit, he made the playoffs how many times? Three times in thirteen years. It was ridiculous. He made the play. He made the playoffs only a few years, and he didn't win a playoff game in any of those. And then he leaves, and he comes to L.A. He takes over for Jared Goff, and all of a sudden, Cooper Cup looks like the best receiver in the game over being like a very good receiver with Jared Goff. Robert Woods during his time with uh, with uh, with Matthew Stafford this year before he tore his ACL, you know he looked really good. Not quite as good as. I mean, he came up. He got off to a little bit of a, a rough start, but he certainly started to get things going later on. But uh, Odell Beckham Jr. looked good, and you know that whole offense was was just working. Just it was work. It was working on all cylinders, and the fact that he's able to make everybody better as as soon as he gets there, that that's that says a lot to me. And I think. Um, in a couple of years, we're going to be able to make a legitimate case for him to make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think overall, if he continues the way it's going and he actually gets the Super Bowl victory, which I believe he will because 
ain't no way in hell I'm believing in the Cincinnati Bengals to get it done. Um, if he, do you, when he gets, do you really believe that, or is that because I believe fan? I, be, I believe he will get this done. I believe he will get this done, and when he gets this done, it will add to his resume and make it that much more complete. You just want us to stop talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, I don't want to see Cincinnati win at all. Well, uh, I don't know. I feel this year is probably Stafford's best chance to win the Super Bowl because for those who don't know, the Rams have pretty much sold out to make this year their year. Maybe they have a shot next year, but there's like some decent guys like Von Miller and Odell whose contracts are going to be up. I don't know if you know this, but the Rams' cap situation is not particularly rosy. They have pretty much, you know what, there's no way around it. They are win-now mode. And if they don't win it this year, or it's just going to be a wasted opportunity. But I feel like Stafford's career, I would say, for, in large part, hinges off this Super Bowl. Sure. Yeah. Do you, you, you really think this is the only year they're going to be able to win the Super Bowl? This year and probably next. Because when the bill comes due for all these big contracts – it is not going to be pretty. Yeah, I mean, they, they are built to win now. That's objective. But I feel like they have a solid two, like two, three-year window here where they can get it done. And just making the Super Bowl at this point, as, as long as they win at least one Super Bowl, that obviously still helps his, helps his case considering in his first year with a new team, he was able to figure out an offense as he went along and he got his team to the Super Bowl and got through. And it wasn't like it was an easy path. They got yeah. through the. They got through Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, and uh, I'm forgetting who they beat in the first round. Who who did they beat in the first round again? What's that? Cardinals. Cardinals. Cardinals aren't an easy, aren't an easy out. They have some good players on that on that team, and then they had to get through the 49ers, who have their number. So it's not like they had an easy path, and now they have to now they have to beat an electric offense in the Cincinnati Bengals led by Joe Burrow. So. All of this helps his legacy, but the fact that, but the fact, just getting there is going to be great, as long as they have at some point during his, during Matt Stafford's tenure here wins the Super Bowl. All right. Well, anyways, up next we are going to talk about Tom Brady, who has finally taken to social media and announced himself that he is going to retire. Uh, so we'll touch on that next. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to. The Fumble Ruski Podcast. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. This is the Fumble Ruski Podcast by Power88. I'm Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros, and here we are talking uh, in a little bit a little bit of the aftermath of the the conference championships. We'll get to the Super Bowl in in a few moments, but there's a couple of, a few side things going on and one huge thing uh, which is that Tom Brady has officially announced his retirement from the NFL after several insiders including Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport reported it uh, this past Saturday. Uh, several people in Brady's camp, including Tom Brady's father and Tom Brady himself, denying it, uh, saying he's still uh, saying he's still deciding, but he is now officially retired. So, uh, guys, what are your thoughts on Tom Brady's official retirement? I'm gonna leave it to the Patriots fans first. They need to get it out the way. I want to go last. 
You want to go last? Yeah. Do you want to go first or should yeah, I? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, wow. Just wow. That's all I got to say. Now, like I said, maybe I'm showing my uh, youth here, but I have not known an NFL without Tom Brady. Tom Brady has been drafted and has played quite literally longer than I have been alive. And, you know, being a Pats fan and, you know, being a Brady fan, like wherever he goes, I certainly, uh, it's, it's going to be hard because, you know, he was like my favorite player growing up and to see him gone is just, there's like this big void in the NFL. Now, obviously we have guys like uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. you know, who can uh, stuff and fill that void. I'm not saying league's not in good hands, but we all have to admit it's going to be different without Tom. And as far as his retirement goes, I wish him all the best. But at first, I was a little bit peeved because he's kind of snubbed New England in his retirement post on Instagram. Did not mention Kraft, Belichick, the team, or the fans. But then he made amends by tweeting about the Pats on Twitter and say, oh, I love the fans, love the organization, yada, yada. And then the Patriots were posting goodbye stuff on their Instagram for Brady. And Brady would repost on his story saying stuff like, oh, there's, you know, there's like a Patriots thing. I enjoy the ride, Tom. And Tom's like, yeah, no ride. I'd rather be on. Love you, Patriot Nation. And so, you know, it's fine. That was like a passing moment of, you know, me being upset. But it's all good now. And Brady, happy retirement, man. I support you in whatever you do next. All right. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to start off nice. First, first things first, congratulations on Tom Brady on his retirement. It has been a wonderful 22-year career for him. I just want to say congratulations on his seven, seven Super Bowl wins and 10 Super Bowl appearances. No matter what anybody has to say about Brady, that accomplishment alone is spectacular. So congratulations on that. With that said, congratulations oh, on retirement, Brady. Congratulations on retirement. Way to go, champ. Now it's time to collect them AARP checks like I've been saying for the last few days. It has been time for the last few years I've wanted this man to retire. But for some reason, he just kept playing spectacular football, whether it was when he, his last season in New England, when he somehow dragged that team to a 12-4 record, or the year after when he won the Super Bowl. I just want to say congratulations, Brady. You deserve the retirement because you've been playing for far too long, and it's time to start collecting them AARP checks. Yes. All right, here we go. Don't cry, Adam. So, Tom Brady was drafted into the league just months after I was born. So I have basically not known football without Tom Brady in the NFL. And I've been, I've been watching this guy for my entire life, and I've looked up to this guy. He is a role model to me, and he's, he's an inspiration to a lot of different people. Uh, and Tom Brady, congrats on such an in- incredible career. All right. So all that being said, uh, there's something about him retiring that just feels wrong to me. <laughs> and I'm tired of I'm tired of pretending that it's not because everybody's saying, oh, it was about time. It was about time. Let me remind you that he's been saying for years that he w- he wanted to play to through the through the age of 45. What age did he retire at? 44. He was this close to accomplishing his goal, and then he called it quits because his wife t- his wife said, God, bud, 
it, it hurts me to see you get killed. You need, you need to have, I get all of that. I get all of that. I completely understand. But you were one year close to achieving your goal. You never quit. You were, you always worked hard. You, con- you conditioned yourself really well. You can, you, you built up this entire brand about about conditioning yourself, about career longevity, and being able to to train your body to be to be uh, injury proof, basically. Since he tore his ACL, I mean, there's been no injuries coming out besides well, besides the torn MCL, where he was still able to throw 40 touchdown passes. But he's one year removed from being able from throwing. 43, 43 touchdowns in over 5,000 yards. He's going to be runner-up, if not the, the winner of league MVP. And he very nearly won a second, second Super Bowl in a row, if, if not for, his, for most of his team getting hurt. So I'm sitting here like thinking, dude, you were this close. You know that meme, that Star Wars meme from Rogue One where they're saying, oh, we were this close Krennic. to greatness. We were this close. And you, and then you quit. And I'm just thinking, man, to see you accomplish your goal, for me to be able to marvel at the fact that you were able to play at a high level at age 45, I could not wait. From my middle school years, my high school years growing up, I was thinking, man, can this guy actually play till he's 45? That would be incredible. I can't wait to see it. I want to see that when I grow up, when I'm an adult and I'm about to graduate college. And then he and then he retires. Can I get you and in Seattle? <laughs> it's real it's just really upsetting to me. And I'm still sitting here in denial that after all of after all this time he was sitting here saying, I'm never gonna retire. I'm gonna play till until I'm fifty years old. And I'm gonna play till at least forty five. You fell one year short of that. You quit at forty four. You were a runner up for league MVP. Tom Brady, I completely understand. That you retired, uh, that you retired, and you want it. You need the cause is so noble. Tissues, but Kleenex. Man, it, it's just really upsetting that he quit this close to his goal for so long. Man. You know what, Adam? If I may, I yeah. like to add in some quick. I don't think of it as quitting. You know what he did? He went out on his own terms. Look at other quarterbacks. Philip at this around this age, around the 40 mark, Philip Rivers lost all his accuracy. Eli Manning was a statue in the pocket. Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees were, you know, couldn't even throw a football at this point. Peyton Manning had to rely on an elite defense to carry him to a Super Bowl. But Brady, it doesn't matter he didn't go to 45. We know he's the GOAT. And he went out on his own terms. He didn't have to wait till he sucked. He knew he was good, and that's his way of saving face. And I say good for him. And I could take solace of this fact. Father Time, in my opinion, is no longer undefeated. Father Time lost to Tom Brady. Oh, my God. What you – You disagree. Do you disagree? Tom Brady jersey and wake up and smell the roses, please. Let that man be a damn father. Come on, just isn't it smell the coffee? What do What do you mean? Smell the coffee? Okay, you know, Uh, smell smell the roses, but anyway, let this man be a father. 
Don't. What are y'all talking about? What do you Not until age forty-five. About? I'm saying I'm happy for Father Time, and he beat Father Time. Now he did he not be a father. father. Good for him. Oh my God. Yeah, he totally he, did. He, he Salty Ravens fan. Here's Matt Lamar. We had a league by age 30 when all those injuries, the running quarterbacks get piled up. I'm not the old, I'm not the one here saying that I Tom Brady beat Father Tom. Are you kidding? You, me? Uh, you disagree? You're, yes, I disagree. Why? That's why okay, why? Why do you disagree? The man is going to give it up eventually. You can't beat Father Time. Well, he went out on his own terms, and he just threw for, like, around 5,000 yards, like, over 40 touchdowns. And he retired on that as a top-five quarterback. That is beating father time. He is not beating father time. I guess you guys don't understand the concept of time. After a while, sooner or later, it's going to get you. It's getting Tom. Before we move on to our next to our next topic, I would like to add one more small thought that is more kind of probably probably wishful thinking, but I'm I'm going to put it out there anyways. You better not. Say Earlier it. on in this season, Tom Brady was was talking about how he thinks when he doesn't enjoy winning anymore. It's more so just a satisfaction that he in he said it would kill him if he. Uh, if he turned on the TV when he retired and he said and he felt like he could still do it better than most of the quarterbacks in the league, and uh, the fact that he t- that he just hung it he just hung them up, hung up the cleats now, uh, I do believe there is a possibility. I wouldn't rule it out where Tom Brady does turn on the TV. He watches Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes and he thinks, man, I'm still better than these guys. And you see more of sort of a uh, Michael Jordan type thing, his first retirement, where he comes, he decides to come back and plays a couple more years, and pl- sort of plays in it, played plays into his late his late forties. No. I I wouldn't rule that out, to be honest. Let's rule that out. Let's let's just yeah, get that rule out. It out. I'm not ruling it out. I, I wish it wouldn't happen. That is all. Why is that? I just, I don't know. Leave well enough alone. Oh, yeah, Michael Jordan came back. He came back on the Wizards. That's one thing every Jordan fan wants to forget. I don't want to see Tom Brady on the dang old football team as his like age 49 season. Just leave well enough alone. Let sleeping dogs lie. Tommy's got a gold jacket lined up for him in 2027. He's got it anyway, but come on. It's just, it's good now. I say, why not? If he's able to produce a great, uh, a good season, I'm sure he won't be the M- the MVP type player that he is now, but he can still be a productive quarterback. I mean, he's the mo- he his conditioning is probably the best out of any quarterback. the The way that guy focuses on his on uh, on his body, on taking care of himself, on sleeping, on doing all of that dieting, he has a whole TB12 brand. If there's anybody who could do it, it's him who's able to p- still play at a high level at the age 47 or 48. All right. You know what? We'll disagree to disagree. I'm not, I'm All right. Not. We can. But, I mean, if he doesn't come out of retirement, then he doesn't. But I, I think there's a possibility he comes back. I'm not saying it's likely at all. I'm just saying don't rule it out. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. He's Tom Brady. I'm not saying whether he, even he, that he should do it. I'm just saying he's Tom Brady. He's incredibly per- – He's incredibly competitive, and he's going to turn on the TV and say, God, I want to come back because I can play better than Patrick Mahomes. I can play better than Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. 
or Matt or Matthew Stafford, who, who threw 17 picks this year. I'm just saying. That's all. Coming up next, uh, the 49ers, following their loss, are entering a little bit of a contra- quarterback controversy after taking a, a quarterback in the first round, and they still have Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll talk about that next. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast, Don't Go Anywhere. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back. I'm Adam Wright with Justin Tucker and CJ Medeiros. So, following the loss in the NFC Championship to the Rams, uh, there is a strong possibility that quarterback, that 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown his last pass as a 49er and top three pick Trey Lance will be in to replace him next year. So this begs the question, guys. What is the potential ceiling of the 49ers with Trey Lance as the starter? Well, if he lives up to his top three potential, they probably won, won a Super Bowl in the soon, if not later f- future. Uh, if they if they believe in the potential that he has, and I do believe so, otherwise, why are you moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo right now? He's probably shown enough to where they feel fine with giving him the keys to the offense, especially with the talent around him, with Devo Samuel, with Brandon IU, with Elijah Mitchell, with Trace Sermon, and with that good enough offensive line, they think they can make another Super Bowl run with Trey Lance. They probably don't have the same confidence with Jimmy Garoppolo because they probably think Trey Lance can make better throws than Jimmy Garoppolo Garoppolo ever could. So they're thinking, okay, let's go with the rookie and get rid of porn star Jimmy. That's just my opinion. What is the ceiling of the Niners with Trey Lance? Well, for that, you know, you probably need to talk about Trey Lance himself. You see, going into the draft, my take on Lance was that he had the highest ceiling of all the quarterbacks, probably with the exception of Trevor Lawrence, but he has far and away the lowest floor. So you've got all this room where he could fall. You know, is he going to be ceiling, floor, somewhere in the middle? Who knows? No one knows. That's the fun. But I would argue Trey Lance is set up for success pretty well. He's got an O-line, a dang good O-line, bookended by Mike McGlinchey mm-hmm. and uh, Trent Williams. Whoa. Not to mention you got Raheem Monster who's coming back. And Elijah Mitchell, you know, both of them in the backfield. And you've got receiving targets like Devo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. I would say there's no reason for Lance not to succeed. When you combine his arm strength with his running ability, he kind of reminds me of a Josh Allen type of quarterback. Maybe just not as tall, but that's neither here nor there. So I would say their ceiling, you know, because you're going from like a game manager to Jimmy G kind of to an unknown commodity in Trey Lance. I would say the ceiling should remain around the same because Jimmy G is by no means a top 10 quarterback. You could argue he's not top 15. I won't argue that, but you could. That being said, if if Jimmy G could take that team or that team takes him to the NFC Championship, why not with Trey Lance? especially because Lance, in my opinion, can come out and be more explosive and make those big throws that Jimmy G can't. 
So that's all. I would say definitively their ceiling should be around. They should be, should be a playoff team. As far as I'm concerned, I believe with what Trey Lance has potential with both running and passing the ball, he can not only upgrade the passing game, but he can also upgrade the running game and run different schemes that they just simply couldn't do with Jimmy Garoppolo. So with that said, I believe this is a major upgrade if he lives up to his potential. Outside of that, we need to see more of Trey Lance before we can make a clear-cut decision on him. Yeah, so Trey Trey Lance, it's – yeah, absolutely – He's he's that type of quarterback where it's like you have to wait and see. But we have seen some flashes, and I have liked what I've seen from him so far uh, from the games that he's been playing in or in the snaps that he's been playing in too. I believe he's been coming in to like sub every now and then for Jimmy Garoppolo. But this reminds me a lot of back in tw- the from 2017 season to the 2018 season for the Kansas City Chiefs when – the, when the Chiefs were transitioning from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. You know, Alex Smith being that bridge quarterback in the before the 2017 season, the the Chiefs took Patrick Mahomes in with their first pick in the draft. They uh they took a year for Patrick Mahomes to sort of develop in the Kansas City system. And then he comes in in year two, and he lights it up. He wins league MVP, throws 50 touchdown passes, and he throws for over 5,000 yards. It was an incredible season for him. And this kind of feels a little bit like that, where you have a great team around them. You know, you have uh, George Kittle, uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, I bet they wish. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and they have a very good defense around them and they have a great offensive line behind them. That reminds me a lot of the Kansas city chiefs back then. And if, and if Trey Lance can play, he will show uh, similar results as, uh, as Patrick Mahomes did a few years back, maybe not quite the numbers that we saw, but I'm sure he can put, have a very, very productive season next year. If he does, if he can play. All right. Fair enough. Just a quick question. And this can, you guys can answer this. Who would you rather have right now, Mac Jones or Trey Lance? Ooh, that's easy, Mac Jones. He's a proven commodity in a safer system. Yeah, right now I would probably take Mac Jones. Look, remember how I right now we cannot overlook the fact that, in my opinion, Lance still has like the lowest floor. He's he was like Mac Jones might have the lowest ceiling though. That's still a Pro Bowl level ceiling. Exactly. So you don't see a possibility of him. Point is there's a, regressing. A, he could have Yeah, maybe. But as far as Lance goes, I don't know. Like I said, there's like a lot of risks surrounding him. I think He's, with that yeah. team around him, he sh- he really doesn't have any excuses to be terrible. But there's only one way to find out. If he can play, we're gonna know. We're gonna know. We're gonna know that this kid's gonna be gonna be good because he he's not gonna put up just good stats. He's gonna put up great stats with that team. I truly believe that. If he it's can't good. play, then he'll be just serviceable. It'll be a Tua Tungavailoa type thing, and he's just going to be gone in a couple of years. But, uh, anyways, coming up next, we have our Super Bowl matchup all set, and we will give our initial takes coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. 
All right, guys, this is the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros. We are on to the Super Bowl, and it is Super Bowl 56. The matchup is set with the Cincinnati Bengals facing the Los Angeles Rams in L.A. That game will be played in two weeks, so we'll have plenty of specials, all these posts, and everything. Stay tuned for that. It's going to be a great two weeks. We're going to fill it up with content. But anyways, uh, guys, what are our initial uh, thoughts on this year's Super Bowl matchup? What are your takes on that? I'm going to let Justin go first. He's everyone's favorite Bengals fan, after all. Listen, if I take my un, if uh, if I take my biased opinion out of it, I think it'll be a good Super Bowl because I like these two offenses. Um, I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and the entire offense will have a good showing against that uh, Los Angeles Rams defense. I think it's going to be a back and forth nip nip and tug game, but I think the Rams will pull it out eventually because I just trust Matthew Stafford more than usual. So I think he'll get it done. Being that said, if I put my biased opinion and if if Von Miller and Aaron Donald don't have charges after the game, I'm going to be upset. I need Joe Burrow on the ground consistently. Every time there's a pass, one of them needs to hit him and one of them needs to sack him. That's what I need. I don't want there to be any points on Cincinnati's side. I need the Rams to run up the score and I want them and I want the Cincinnati Bengals to get blown out in the Super Bowl. That's what I want. But with that said, I think it's going to be a close game. <laughs> so uh, this I told Adam this is something I like to call a no stress Super Bowl, at least for me, not for Justin. I will be happy with whoever wins. I like both teams. I just want a good game. And I agree with Justin. It's going to be a back and forth. The Bengals are a much younger, less experienced team, but they just knocked down the Tennessee Titans, who are the one seed, and the Kansas City Chiefs, who's arguably the best team in the league. So the Bengals have been tried by fire, and they've come out unscathed at the other end. They have weapons on weapons, just like the Rams do. That being said... What do they always tell you? These games are won and lost in the trenches. And when you think about it, that isn't good because the Cincy O-line, especially that right side, is at best uh, suspect. And that Rams front seven with Reeder, Donald, Miller, and Floyd is a scary group, I tell you. And Joe might get sacked uh, three, four times. And Stafford on the other, and the Bengals' defense, I don't trust as much as the Rams because Cooper Cup is going to be a mismatch wherever. And you have the the surging Odell Beckham and my man Tyler Higg Beast. And you have Cam Akers, just a wrecking ball out of the backfield. So, what I make of this matchup is, like Justin said, it's going to be a nice back and forth game. I think it's going to be a good game. However, I believe. The L.A. Rams will win. Personally, I would be fine with Cincy winning. I wouldn't be shocked if Cincy won, but as it sits now, I'm uh, putting me down for the Rams. Although, you're not going to get me complaining if Cincy wins. This is really kind of a toss-up. All right. So, it's no secret that I've been picking against the Rams. Or, sorry, not the Rams. Uh, I've been picking against the Cincinnati Bengals just about every playoff round. And I've been wrong every single time. 
it's uncomfortable for me because I'm I still feel like they're not going to win this this Super Bowl, but I've picked against them every week. So I'm going to so I want to pick the Rams, but I'm getting I'm I'm I feel like I'm done betting against the Cincinnati Bengals. I might have to take them on this one. Watch me be wrong again. But it, like everything about this matchup tells me that the Bengals are going to lose because that front seven is the war is the best, probably the best front seven in the league. So if there's anybody who's going to take advantage of that offensive line and win, and win, it's going to be the Rams. I certainly hope so because I, if they won that, if the Bengals won that Super Bowl, I don't think I can live it down. Especially of since course. Kelly has a Bengal shirt. I mean, Bengal jersey. Ugh. Oh, what are you what are you talking about, Justin? The Raven, the Beng, the Bengals are your favorite team. Oh, you're so lucky. Oh, you're so lucky. I I, I can't stand the Bengals. I'm a Ravens fan for life. That will never change. I can't stand the Bengals. They were never usually this much of a problem. Now they're a problem. All right, guys. Well, anyways, uh, we're gonna get to a lot of Super Bowl content this week. Uh, and the week after that, going up to the Super Bowl, because we got a lot of time on our hands in between then. And so we'll get, we'll fill that time up with plenty of content because I'm sure you guys cannot wait for the Super Bowl to happen. I always hate this time because it's like there's two weeks until then and you have to wait. So we're going to keep you guys entertained. I promise you that. But anyways, coming up is the Fumble Ruski fan box. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this. Stay tuned. All right, guys, we have reached close to the end of our show, and that means we are on to the Fumble Rooski fan box. What happens is we post a question box on our Instagram page, every Monday and you guys can respond with hot takes questions and more. And we will post it here. Uh, we'll, we'll post it on our Instagram page and give you guys a shout out on our show. So respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. All right. So the question of the week, which player will be the most impactful in the Super Bowl? So this is a, this is a very up in the air question. I think we'll have a lot of different answers for that. And, uh, but Anyway, starting off, Sarah Finnamore said Matthew Stafford. So that's that's a pretty solid option. Yeah, that's, that's a solid option. Yeah, games are won and lost, you know, by quarterbacks and their decision-making. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Caroline Brown said Cooper Cup. So if it's not going to yeah. be Matthew Stafford, it's going to be the guy that they're throwing to who's been borderline unguardable this year, had yeah. a very historic season trans- transitioning to his new quarterback. It's safe to say that Cooper Cup really likes Matthew Stafford. Yeah, Cooper Cup I think is we that could guy. Say, we could, yeah, I think we could come to that conclusion. Patrick mm-hmm. Williver, who is a big fan of the Bengals. Well, he's a Cowboys fan, but he likes the Bengals. He said, he said Jamar Chase. No. I mean, I don't think he did. No. I mean, not the biggest factor, but he's certainly one of them. I mean, yeah. Chase can make plays out of thin air. So he's definitely someone to keep watch for. Absolutely. And, you know, he's not, he's not a possible offensive rookie of the year for nothing. That was a historic year for him, for a wide receiver. Uh, but, anyways, 
Uh, Josh Jenkins said Joe Burr. In other words, Joe Burrow, because he's Joe Shiesty. But Joe Burrow is having an incredible year. And I think he's gonna go, he's gonna be elite for a very long time. Yeah, that's a solid take by uh who said it? Oh, Josh Jenkins, right? Josh Jenkins. Yeah, he that that's a solid take. I am anxious to see how Joe Burrow handles the biggest stage, and I'm confident he's gonna put up a good performance. Exactly. All right. Anyways, uh, Robert Shelley said, I'm calling it right now. CJ Uzoma. Or is Uzoma. Uzoma. I think it's Uzoma. I'm not sure how to. He better not. Uzoma. He said he is getting 150 plus receiving yards. That's if he plays. I'm not sure. I I didn't think he was going to play. So uh, that's a big no. All right. Anyways, Tyson Tate said Aaron Donald without a doubt. So I've, yeah. I mentioned this earlier on the on the Instagram page. If anybody's going to, uh, you know, with that offensive line, I mean, if anybody's going to take advantage of it, it's Aaron Donald. He's yeah, going to wreak havoc. Ones. Oh, yeah. And Diego Huertas said Joe Burrow or Chase. Why not both? Why not both? Oh, yeah, that one, connection one of the is best, dangerous. That, da- that connection is one of the best I've ever seen. And they're both in their first and second years. It's incredible. And they went to college together. They have they have their, their best friends. Their dads went to the conference championship together. Yeah. I mean, how it's cool not, is that? But that's going to be a dangerous duo for years to come. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Secret Weapons Consulting said Aaron Donald. So we touched on that a couple seconds ago. Aaron Donald, he's probably looking at that, at that, uh, uh, that Bengals offensive line and he's licking his chops. Lunch me. I'll I need five much. sacks out of you, Aaron Donald. I need five sacks. Yeah, well, you got to save some for Von Miller. You got to save a few for Leonard Floyd. I mean, mm-hmm. that entire that entire front seven is loaded. And if they if the Rams are going to win this game, it's going to be on the offensive line. It's going to be there. And that on top of uh, Cooper Cup with Matthew Stafford throwing to them, that's going to win them the game. Uh, we welcome all of you who are who are new to the show from Fans Only Sports Network, and a big thank you to Fans Only for putting our podcast on to a new uh, streaming platform. This is all great. It's uh, it helps renovate our podcast and gets new listeners out there, which is the goal here. And we just want to put out good content for all of you. So this is going to be a great thing going forward. We are so excited to ke- to keep going with this and there is no end in sight on this podcast i promise you we are not stopping anytime soon you're gonna have to rip this microphone away from me in order to stop but anyways that'll do it for us tonight thank you for listening to us make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel check us out on spotify spreaker apple podcast and google podcast also be sure to follow our instagram at fumble underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the nfl Otherwise, we will see you next week over and out.